0: Welcome to the podcast Behind the Counter with your host, me, Heidi Blum, also known as The Foods Are. I was born and bred in Livingston, New Jersey, and I have seen firsthand over the past few years how food and the people behind the counter can bring a community together. We all have a story. We all have an appetite. Each episode will explore the thread between food, people, and community and the stories that weave them all together. So let's get behind the counter and dig in. Here we go. This is behind the counter, Be the
1: counter. with the food czar. Here's Heidi. The counter.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Counter with the Food Czar, which is me, Heidi Blum. And today, I am sitting with Stacey Rubenstein and Melissa Preziolis, the two co-founders of Livingston Neighbors Helping Neighbors. Now, when I started this podcast, I know people thought it was going to be just about restaurants because um, the foods are, but it's all about community as well. So without further ado, welcome Stacey and welcome Melissa. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having us. Oh, look, us. Melissa said she wasn't going to speak, and she, she was Yay. the first the first responder. So, okay, so let's get down to it. To tell, me, first responder. <laughs> tell, tell me Tell me, me how Livingston Neighbors Helping Neighbors started.
2: Yeah, so Livingston Neighbors Helping Neighbors started uh, because we were both involved with the food pantry that was in town, which was actually at St. Philomena's. Church and it was run by Sister Barbara. We were seeing that people were coming to the food pantry looking for food, but they would also at times look for other things. Uh, Maybe they had a bill that needed to be paid or whatnot, and they would ask for help. Um, And with Melissa and I, we were just talking one day, we were talking one day about how the food pantry really should be and is focusing on the food, but there were these other needs and could we be part of something to help address the other needs? We both wanted, you know, this is where we're raising our children. We love the idea of being part of a generous, giving, supportive community. Um, and so could there be a, an organization that kind of worked with the food pantry to address the other things when people fell on hard times? And that's kind of...
1: Yeah. I think right. also at the time uh, we were in the PTA and we, we saw in schools that you know, I think there was a little, you know, somebody's parent passed away and they needed help. And I saw how quickly, just like one Facebook post, people were dropping off stuff at my front door and giving my, you know, and how grateful that family was mm-hmm. for the help of their community. Yeah. So what do we do with that, right? It, it needs to be an organized effort. We started
2: looking at what other communities were doing. Okay. So what, did an, what would an organization look like that would provide some assistance? Um, we quickly realized that we did not want to be screening people to confirm that need existed. Right? These are our neighbors. These are people maybe our children are in school with. Um, But there needed to be some sort of system. Right. Um,
0: What is amazing, I think, about our community, and I'm sure other people in other communities like ours, is uh, a call for help help is put out and we all come running. And I think that's such an amazing thing. So you knew the support would be there. Yeah, Yeah, because we've all seen unfortunate things happen. And um, you're right, Facebook, and it's like a meal train starts. Uh, I mean, people right. can't do enough
1: mm-hmm. right. for anything. But it's and, also hard for people to ask for help. Yeah. Right, so, which is nice that we have a town social worker. Right,
2: because that's what happened. I didn't even know we did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's what happened, is we started, we actually were talking to Alan Karpis, um, who's involved in so much in the community, and we kind of said to him, like, how could we do this? And Martha Ackerman was brought into the discussion, and we realized that there is a township social worker. Mm -hmm. She provides assistance um, to families in need, and the idea was, let's partner with that township social worker when a family is brought to our attention, she can screen, the township social worker can screen the family to first confirm need and then also look at what resources are already available, whether it's through the county or the state. Do they know about, let's say, for example, a psc g reduction program? Do they qualify? She's trained to help families maneuver that system because it can be very overwhelming. So the idea was that She screens families, sees if there's existing resources, and then kind of partners with us to make recommendations for how we could support that family. But so if we take a step back, though, we created Livingston Neighbors Helping Neighbors to complement the work that was happening at the chow food pantry Mm -hmm. at St. Philomena's. Sister Barbara retired. And the issue was, well, now what happens to the food pantry? There wasn't a person who was going to, who was able to step up and fill those tremendous shoes, right? And so the Clergy Association had conversations with us about what do we do? And we knew that there were families in town using that resource. We wanted to see it continue. Um, We brought the township, the town council in, and we started talking about is there a space? Um, and next thing we know, Livingston Neighbors Helping Neighbors was running a food pantry, which we kind of never wanted to do. <laughs> we, we, we were like, well, I guess we'll figure this out. We had a lot of support. We, we were given this amazing space in Town Hall, um, which we've been in since 2018. And shelves were donated
0: I was just gonna say for this is this is a mm-hmm. podcast so people aren't watching this they're listening um, we are sitting in a very large room in town hall that is lined with shelves that are filled with food mm-hmm. cans soups pastas mm-hmm. cereals mm-hmm. I mean everything it's even in, have paper towels sauces down condiments yeah. Yeah, I mean it's really it's Toy really paper. impressive. Plus a fridge that's filled with some turkeys.
2: Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the freezer has turkeys. Yeah, and this did not. This started off with one wall. We had one wall of shelves. We kind of we we kind of figured things out as we went. And in the beginning, there were mistakes made. Right? We would give someone a, a food item that was expiring in 2025 when there was a food item that was. 2023, so we should use the 2023 first. Just figured this out as we went, and we brought in different people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our first real pantry managers was Karen Garber.
0: Ah, uh, The best.
2: Amazing. The best she and her other friend Karen uh, were volunteering here. That's and when it really came together. It really came together yeah. with their work um, mm-hmm. and you know, she would kind of not want to overstep but she would always have a better way to do things <laughs> and we were like, she had a way. She had a way about hey, her. We yeah. were like no ego yeah. here, we're like, like go for please. it, go <laughs> for it. Um, because Consider ag- it yours. Yeah, because again, we just didn't want to see the pantry stop. We knew the families needed the food but you know, we, we really were figuring this out as we went and she created a lot of systems for us. Um, And, you know, Karen was an amazing, amazing giving volunteer. Um, And when she passed away very suddenly, it was really hard to recover from that Uh, for us. I mean, for her family, obviously, but she we felt her presence here so strongly and it was so missed. Uh, But recently, Neely Margolis stepped up to kind of do behind the scenes. is
0: my boss. <laughs> she
2: would probably be very upset that I'm mentioning her name because she likes to do behind the scenes, but it's been really, it's been yeah. wonderfully helpful so to have her organizing pieces. things. Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, without asking, you know, obviously things are kept anonymously, and um, I think it's an interesting thing living in a town that we live in uh, where sometimes it can be a bubble, And I think, um, I I know for me why I was interested in doing this interview is because I find it fascinating um, that there are a lot of families who live here uh, that are in need. And it it really goes to my heart because it makes you realize that you don't know what somebody's going through. Absolutely. So what happens... Let's go yeah. through the steps. So if somebody is in need, God right. forbid, what happens? So if
2: someone is in need, we either it's either brought to our attention or brought to the social worker's attention. If it's brought to our attention, we quickly refer to the social worker. Um, but her phone number is also on our Facebook page.
0: Okay. So you have a posted. Facebook page of people, mm-hmm. if somebody is in need mm-hmm. or somebody needs to ask questions about maybe another family they feel that may be in need, they can go to your Facebook page and, and take it from yes, there? Yes, and that happened. So the, the the call for need comes in, to, in and then... Right.
2: They're screened. Um, and then if Anna feels that they could benefit from the food pantry, from the Livingston Neighbors Healthy Neighbors Chow Food Pantry, we will get a survey that's completed. And what it basically is is a system for what kind of non-perishable food items would you like? Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you are allergic to peanut butter, we're not going to bring you peanut butter because you didn't check off the box. Right. So uh, this was mm-hmm. a big lesson we learned because I was talking to one of the families we were helping and he had mentioned to me that he donated back uh, a third of the items that we had given him. And it was great that he mm-hmm. was you know able to donate them back, but we were like, wait, why? And he's like, well, I don't eat tuna and I don't eat peanut butter just because of
0: allergies or right or just,
2: or just preferences yeah. right like right. so there were other things that he would prefer to get and that and that we took a step back and we were like oh yeah we shouldn't assume that people just want this we should actually make a system for checking off what you like
0: can people make meals too?
2: Yeah, so we have some families in town um, that are very happy to accept meals. We are also partnered with amazing volunteer Nick Santinelli. Nick Santinelli was an original volunteer at St. Philomena's um, with Sister Barbara, and he has stayed with us, and it's it's great because he brings, he does food rescue. He takes food that is um, leftover but still good, and or food that people want to donate, and brings it down to Newark, to St. John's, St. Michael's, St. Anne's, where they are absolutely desperate for food. This is a different population of a different level of need, right? So it's Livingston
0: Neighbors helping... It's not just helping the neighbors in your town. It's helping close communities that may be in more need yeah. than people here.
2: Our focus is Livingston, but we like to share excess, right? And so with Nick, he drives to Newark, like you said, right, a neighboring town. He drives to Newark five, six times a day. Wow. Okay? And we're talking seven days a week. We Car are filled. Car <laughs> filled with food. And this is his... Um, you know his passion is feeding those in need. If a person is making a meal for a family in town, they know that they know how many people are in the family. They know, for example, if the family eats red meat or doesn't eat red meat. Um, we recently put out a meal train for a specific family that really had a need. Um, I know Nancy Rich coordinated the meal train, and it was like filled. filled. Within minutes, yeah, <laughs> hours. It, the ask was made. Yeah. The meal train was filled. So again,
0: we kind of leave it for case by case. So, what can people do who are listening and want to help? What can they do? Can they do they drop food off? Can they volunteer here? Our board
2: purchased a big cart, a green cart mm-hmm. that um, is Karen's cart. And Karen's family was kind of behind the Karen's cart effort to fill, you know, for donations, et cetera. So we purchased this green cart that now permanently is in the police station, which is right near where our pantry is. So 24-7 non-perishable donations can be placed in there. And at this moment, our pantry is serving 43 families. You know, I know you mentioned we have a lot of need, right? We have a lot of need... For our community. That's incredible. Right. We've worked with 87 families since 2016, which is when Livingston Neighbors was started. And we're currently working with 43. What's great about that is some families simply need help for a short period of time Mm -hmm. and then they get back on their feet. We've had families in town get help from Livingston Neighbors for a short period of time, get back on their feet, and then even donate back.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's paying it forward. I mean, Absolutely. you see, I'm sure when you guys were starting this, that maybe your intent wasn't this whole huge room no. and the whole town effort. And, you know, what a success. And I use success as a word, but it's not success that people are in need, right? right? right. But success that you are able to provide that service to people in town. I mean, what an amazing thing. And the
2: reason why that is the case is because of the support we receive from the public schools, the community organizations, whether it's Kiwanis or Rotary or Unico or Knights of Columbus or the Elks, um, the businesses in town, um, the the clergy you know the the places of worship we recently had Super Bowl we had a lot of schools do Super Bowl collections you know how can people get involved at any moment they can do a food drive but speak to us. Coordinate it with us so that we can say to you, "Hey, these are the most needed items at this moment in time." Right, Um, and you can do creative things. We've seen schools. uh, I know MPE just did like a cozy comforts winter drive where they focused on things like coffee and hot chocolate. And you know, hot chocolate, right? Hot chocolate might not be something you think a food pantry would necessarily have, but why not? Right? Mm -hmm. What kid doesn't love getting hot chocolate? Yeah. And we want to respect families. And
0: we want them to, we want the kids to feel like any kid. Of course. How did COVID affect the pantry? Mm -hmm. And how did COVID affect, you know, I'm sure there were a lot of families, you know, what a time people were losing their jobs, had complete financial insecurity. So how did it affect those two things?
2: So the first part is we did see an increase in families that needed help. Um, A few of them were on our roster for a short period of time things stabilized or they got their jobs back or they got different jobs, but it might have taken like eight months, nine months. So like there definitely was an increase. Um, we were so fortunate that right before COVID hit, Karen Garber's family had come here and had run a paper goods drive, Mm -hmm. um, in her, in her memory. Pretty much maybe three weeks before COVID had wow. hit. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we had received so much paper towels and toilet paper. We really were well stocked.
0: That's inc- That's incredible.
2: Yeah. yeah. Some of our liaisons, so the way that it works as a family is connected to a liaison that liaison comes here into town hall to our pantry has access and shops for that family based on the list of food
0: items that they have requested is, okay. the, is the liaison given by the social worker or by you guys by yes. us we
2: okay. have about 25 liaisons wow. um, some have more than one family um, and it's, it's the sort of thing where you develop a relationship with the family, but at any moment in time, the social worker is available if anything becomes, you know, um, either uncomfortable or, scope. right, or out of our scope. That's a great way to put it. Right. Yeah. So, um, but the liaison comes to the pantry off of that list, shops for what that family needs, and then delivers it or meets the family at a place, a public place, and that's how the food is exchanged. Um so during COVID, when people were really home, right, there were two things that happened. One, a few of us started doing most of the shopping in the pantry for you know obvious reasons. Um, and then people wanted to help, help, help. How can I do stuff? So we really started to increase the making of sandwiches, which went to Newark, mm-hmm. um, and meals for some of our families. So you've asked a few times like how can people give back at any moment in time children can get together with a parent um, supervising to make sure you know hands are washed and whatnot things are clean and they can make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches why peanut butter and jelly because it doesn't need to be refrigerated Mm. So you can make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You can optionally put a cookie in the little Ziploc bag, yeah. right? You can decorate bags. And those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, maybe with a bottle of water or a fruit cup or, or just the sandwich alone, will go down to Newark. Um, that's, that's amazing. During COVID, thousands and thousands and thousands of sandwiches were made. And I feel very great about what Livingston was able to do because Nick was able to bring food when there
0: was not a lot of food available. That's, I mean, again, what a gift in a time of need. Yeah. I mean.
2: That's the other thing we really wanted to do is we wanted to provide an opportunity for children to have kind of hands-on tangible ways to give back, mm-hmm. things that families could do together.
1: Mm-hmm. to a generous town. Everybody wants to help and give back and it's outpour, right? It just outpours and we just kind of wanted to have a space to organize all that
0: help. Well, I think and an guys, organization like this specifically right. I think opens a lot of our eyes to uh, you know, it's literally saying you right. don't know what your neighbor's going through. Yeah. For our kids, they can They're in Mm -hmm. school. You don't know what the Mm -hmm. other kid is going through.
2: You know, the Mm -hmm. other thing you mentioned um, asking about COVID is I would be remiss if I didn't say L-Town Lowdown did the evening of music, right, Mm -hmm. of talent. um,
0: That was incredible. incredible.
2: And it was all for Livingston Neighbors Helping Neighbors, and it brought a lot of awareness about... Livingston Neighbors Helping Neighbors existing, right? If you know someone in need or you are in need, please reach out and then also gave people an opportunity to donate money. So during COVID, we had we that evening raised $30,000 for Livingston Neighbors Helping Neighbors, which we were able to also tap during COVID for things like ShopRite gift cards. It wow. was instrumentally Beyond helpful. Other opportunities too, like we'll have people come together, pool money, and purchase produce. The YMCA had a big partnership with us, and they still, they're amazing, they still do, but they had a funder and they were able to purchase produce. We had volunteers deliver the produce to certain families. Um, you it's
1: know. nice when you can have the produce. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. During, oh, yeah. the non-perishable. Oh, yeah. I mean, people
0: yeah. want to eat right. salads. Yeah. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know.
2: And even now, we'll have four or five families a week um, receive milk, eggs, bread. We rotate who gets the milk, eggs, and bread. Melissa Eisen, one of our board members, started the whole $5 Friday. Oh, yeah. That's
0: mm-hmm. that's amazing, too. The gift cards
2: that are purchased with the $5 Friday funds are absolutely incredible because with the gift card someone can go in and get the perishable items that they need and how empowering and respectful is it to be able to go into a store
0: and buy what you want Mm -hmm. right and cook and cook for your family and and feel yeah
2: it's about some it's it's some it's some
0: respect and normalcy for them too i'm sure
2: Melissa and I and the board have spoken about how we truly feel in some ways this is a model, right? Partnering with the township social worker. I was just going to ask you that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like any any community has need, right? Whether it's 10 families, 15, 100, 1,000, like every community has need. Um, and partnering with that township social worker if a township has one, right, which we're so fortunate we do, is a really great way... To
0: um,
2: you know, give support in in a very holistic manner.
0: So basically, so if if someone's listening to this who's from another town, mm-hmm. like Westchester, let's yes, say a town in Westchester, right? For sure. And they are moved by what they're hearing, and they mm-hmm. say, "I want to start this for my town." They can reach out to the two of you, Absolutely. and you can help them navigate. Yeah.
1: We had people helping us from other towns when we started.
0: I mean, how amazing! Yeah.
1: Is that does Chatham? Yep,
2: absolutely. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not a one size fits all, right? It's about
0: adapting it it to your community. I would not be doing my job and not being the uh, interviewer that I am (laughs) if I did not mention that Stacy is indeed receiving the UNICO Citizen of the Year Award for 2023 which is very impressive. Okay. And I will say, when you look at it, it was just posted, because I think you can donate, you can buy an ad, you can... You
2: can buy an ad, you can buy a ticket to attend the brunch.
0: So um, I, know, I know you're laughing, because I'm sure it's overwhelming for you, but everyone's response is the same, and it's always, Stacy's the best, Stacy's the best. So clearly... Yeah.
2: appreciative to Unico for the honor. I laugh cuz my first response when they called me was, well, you know, I'm not Italian, right? I was trying to, I was trying to come up, you know, I don't it, being the center of attention can be overwhelming. And it's not right? why you did this. It's not why I did this. This is truly a team effort. We have an amazing board mm-hmm. and really at the end of the day when this started, um I was staying home with my twins. I was really just looking to give back and be part of a community and just looking for a place where I could help create a place where I was proud for my children to live. This is an amazing team effort. All the people that have partnered with us share in this honor, but it's truly an honor I share with our board, our volunteers, um, and I'm, I'm very appreciative.
0: You, well, mm-hmm. it's, as we said, well-deserved. I will say, being from Livingston and living here and raising my family here, Livingston is a unique place and this community has an amazing way of making people like you myself look really good (laughs) yes right I mean it's they we have a community that really lifts people up and Mm -hmm. I think you should be very proud of yourself Melissa I know you like to (laughs) sit in the shadows a little bit yeah we definitely not co-founded this effort that's why she's here today why I love this organization so much, and I think I've said it earlier, is that it really allows you to take a breath, take a step back. And and I think a message maybe for the people that are listening is to, that's why we need to be kind. Yeah. Because you really never know what somebody's going through. And it could yeah. be your neighbor, it could be your best friend, and you don't even know that they are uh, not comfortable telling you what they need, why they need it, Mm -hmm, and things like that. So this organization allows for that. I mean, I thank you. I think you both should be tremendously proud um, of what you've started and what you've accomplished. I think the final thing is no donation is too small. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So even if you drop off the littlest thing, it's not so little, it goes a long way. Yep. You can drop it off in Karen's cart in the right. police make station 24 sh- 7. Make sure
2: it's not expired, please. This is yeah. a huge opportunity. You make this really fun. <laughs> you do. Oh, yeah. fun. Thank and, you. And <laughs> yeah. And
0: thank you very much.
1: Nero's. We're
0: following Nero's. <laughs> ne- and you're following Janine, following from, Janine. from Nero's. <laughs> I know. We're
1: there to lunch. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's exactly where you need to go. <laughs> where else do
0: we go? <laughs> yeah, where else? Um, no, but I thank you because, again, you guys are making me look good. So uh, I appreciate that. Well, thank you for Livingston Neighbors, helping neighbors do it. Be kind. Melissa's wearing the sweatshirt. Thank you so much. And I hope you guys are really proud of yourselves. Thank Thank you. Thank you. If you are hearing this message, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I'm truly grateful for you and this opportunity. The purpose of the Behind the Counter podcast is to bring food, people, and community together. I hope you return for more episodes and explore with me. I want to personally thank Fran Linnell of Design 68 for my amazing behind-the-counter podcast logo, and Travis Lohenberg for my awesome behind-the-counter music, and all the guests that take their time to sit and talk with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you hear your podcasts. If you'd like to support the Behind the Counter podcast, please subscribe share with your friends and family, and you can follow me on Instagram at Heidi Blum. If you have any feedback or stories that you want to share, you can email me at foodsarbtc at gmail.com.